the streams podcast kip and kane we titled this episode the bands back together because we got kane he's not calling in from the parking lot of kmart which he had to do i think the last time he made an appearance but we're back we both have clear schedule for 60 minutes uh so we got him back on kane welcome back to your own show <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a nice feeling to actually participate and something that I help uh, get going and feel like I'm now actually feel like I'm just a guest that shows up every once in a while. Are you a feature now? Are you to come on? Yeah, I think you're a feature. You're no longer like okay. making the album, but you're featured in a lot. Exactly, that's exactly right. I, I, I'm in, I'm basically Brandon Agar, Crack the Egg. I'm, I'm you know shoot. David has been on here more often than I have <laughs> lately, so shoot, he might as well be the co-host. Oh. I mean, it's just been really, you know, Coach Martin. I mean, there's so many guys that have actually contributed to this podcast so much more than I have in the past however many months. And, and you know, part really of that's dead. life, right? That's life, how it happens. It is. It is. It is. But at the same time, I mean... No excuses, like I tell my players, high standards, no excuses, <laughs> and uh, so I've got to figure out a way in which I can contribute somehow and just add to the um, value of this podcast, and you know, shoot, five minutes a day, if I could just throw something, even if I just give you a couple podcast ideas for crying out loud. You know, that's, you know, the, I, I'm glad you're saying these things out loud, so I don't have to. <laughs> So that's a pod, but it's perfect timing. Well, it's just, episode ninety. Preemptive, preemptive strike, man. Yes, I figured it was coming, yep. and I was going to hear it. So I might as well just preemptive get it out there. <laughs> can you give us something? Can you just, just, for the love of God, contribute before I take your name off this damn thing? It's just there's no more crossing the stream. It's, it's, it's just thing. one I'm, river. I'm on this side. I'm on this side of the bank. You're on the other side. Uh, well, let's let's dive into what's been keeping you away, which is legitimate reasons. We'll give that. We're on our 90th episode. We're coming off our most listened to episode ever. Obviously, we got to tap into the Pacific Ocean because Solomon Frank from Micronesia, we're damn near at 1,500 listens of that episode. Shout out to Saul and the islands of Micronesia, and we'll get into that. Uh, but we're coming up on, I think we have 77... 100 plays total and that's just on our sound soundcloud you know analytics i don't have our i our itunes analytics so it's a good time to have you back we've got plenty of momentum but let's talk bobcats first because we knew as soon as you left the i5 northwest corridor your appearances were going to have to go down a little bit so how are the cats how are the bobcats go And this is funny because even though this is our podcast, I'm still, I know I'm going to go right into just coach mode yep. and coach answers with this because it's just, it's a, it's an auto. It's like an autopilot. You get asked that question and, and here's one thing that I've, I've said, I, I think I've answered the same question probably a thousand different times <laughs> since 
I've been back in Bozeman. Yeah. And that same question of, you know, how does it feel to be back in Bozeman, essentially? And um, it, it's been awesome, man. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's been a challenge in a lot of different ways as far as just from landing on my feet back in way back in mid-January, early February, whatever it was, when we got going in this thing and hopped into recruiting and spring ball and then summer camps. And you know as a coach, mm. I mean, it just it goes. And the next thing you know, we're in the fall camp. And, I mean, it, it, it was a whirlwind there for how many months. and, and uh, But it's been awesome. And then we're off to a decent start. We're off to a two-in-one start. I uh, went down to Lubbock, Texas. I don't know if you ever enjoyed the fantastic place that. Can is you Lubbock, tell Texas. us how you even got to Lubbock? Can did you guys fly in direct? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. We we flew in with our charter flight. Uh, flew in, got in on uh, whatever Friday, late Friday afternoon, and took a bus. Nice little bus ride from the airport, which is not a very big airport by any means. <laughs> How does it compare to Logan International, or is it Gallatin Valley Field in Bozeman? I tell you what, the Gallatin Valley Field International Airport, or whatever it is now, that thing is—it's ridiculous now. It's know, nice. I actually made a mental note to myself when we left for Western Illinois this past weekend, just reminiscing about when I used to get on planes as a player in that same airport and how different that airport is in comparison. Is it more it gates? Is, is it more like what, like expansion? Oh, they, they've expanded the thing, I think, three different times. Oh, wow. Since I've been around here. And they just uh, opened up a new parking garage that I think is five or six levels high. What? There's a parking oh, garage? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. And there's, I mean, they've expanded the parking lot in general multiple times. I, I mean, it's, it's not even the same airport. There's probably 25% of that airport was what I was accustomed to when I was a player and when I first you know, started coaching. And now there's so much more to it. It's mm -hmm. ridiculous. So it's got to be the biggest one then, right? It's got to have taken over as the biggest airport. I, I would think so, by far, as far as the um, traffic, the amount of flights in and out every day and just the amount of people that come in and out of the airport. It's it's ridiculous. My, I, I remember getting up in, to go on a recruiting trip uh, way back in January and getting to the airport on an early Monday morning at like whatever time, 5.45, 6 a.m. And the place is packed. And I'm looking around going, where, the, where am I? Yeah. Is this the same place? It's like being in Seattle again. I was accustomed to. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's it's a whole new world, man. And, and so... I don't even know what the hell we were talking about. Well, we were talking about how you, well, you guys are so big time, you chartered to Lubbock out of Gallatin yeah, Valley we, Field. We hit, we hit Lubbock, and um, no, I mean, in Lubbock, it's a 200,000, I had no idea that there was 200 plus thousand people in Lubbock, Texas. Did you know that? No, you know I would have guessed, I would have guessed, literally I would have probably guessed Bozeman size. Even though I know Texas yeah, Tech's right. bigger than you guys, but I still would have not, 200,000, Wow. Yeah, that's what I said. And when you fly in and you drive in, you don't think that there would be 200 plus thousand people in this place. Does it have skyscrapers? Because if not, I would not, I'm with you. Like, that's my measurement of if a city's a city. Is that like a nine year old's yeah. measurement? Do you have tall buildings? No? Okay, you're a town. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. It, it is, it is, but 
within around the campus and everything, it's pretty vibrant. Like there's there's some pretty cool new uh, developments, and and you can t- in the stadium itself, the facilities are really cool right there on the campus. And how did it compare really to nice. some of the Pac-12 stadiums you experienced the last couple of years? Uh, it'd be up there with in comparison to some of the uh, Pac-12 facilities or places uh, like Pullman, like Wazoo, Oregon State size. Yeah, no, Bigger? It, it would be. I would take it. Yeah, it's better than their facilities are better than okay. um, the dam or wherever. Right is at Corvallis. Uh, not that that place. It's Corvallis has got a nice little place, a little setup, nice little setup there. But this place, like I said, I think they just expanded it or, or renovated it a couple of years ago. So there's some relatively new pieces to the stadium, okay. and it, it's it looks really nice. And they, um, like I said, there's just a lot of new things popping up around yeah. the campus and around the, the football facilities. But outside of that, you're just like, wow. And while I was there, it's funny. Like, I looked on the map just to see exactly where I was. And I didn't, because, again, where would you think Lubbock, Texas I'm, would be? I knew you were going to ask me that, and I was going to guess, like, on the panhandle. But I don't know north yeah. or south, like how far. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm guessing middle of the panhandle. Am I wrong? It, it's like right in the middle of that little, uh, you know, the Texas that it goes up. Like yeah, like you said, the panhandle of Oklahoma there. Yeah, the where it fits. Like yeah, it's yeah. Like right smack in the middle of that. I would I not have guessed. No that. idea it was that far north. No, I would have guessed south, like by El Paso, and I'm way off. That's what I would have thought. Yeah, that's what I would have thought. I'm way off. But you're you're not far from Amadillo. Mm. Is it a rabid base? Like, do people love the Red Raiders? I saw watching the game. I saw a lot of pistols up from the fans. <laughs> Is that a yeah. thing? Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's a thing. And they they throw tortillas at you. What opposing teams? And, oh yeah, really? Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. It's, I could see where that place would get pretty loud when they play. A, obviously, they could probably give two whatever about Montana State. Right. But if a, when they play Texas or uh, any one of the many other Texas schools, right? Um, I could see that place being a pretty loud and obnoxious stadium to be a part of. I'm sure. And th- so. interesting, speaking of the stadium, when I was looking for you, because that game was on, was that a Fox Sports game? It was on yeah, national, Yeah, Fox Sports. And I was looking for you because I'm used to seeing you on the sideline. Even your first stint oh, yeah. around as a DC, you were on the sideline. Then, uh, But then last year, you know, UW, you were in the booth. But I didn't see you. And your, your, nie- your niece and nephews were pissed off because they wanted to see you on the sidelines. But you're up in the box calling it up there now. Yep. Talk about that a little yep. bit. Yeah, no, it's, it's, so it's different in that regard as far as like you said when I was calling plays in 2015 I was on the sideline still and I've been on the sideline for a long time uh UW I was in the booth my first year and then back on the sidelines last year uh, so it was it, but I found and, and our head guy was the one that said hey I want my play caller in the booth and initially I was like ah that kind of sucks but then I thought about it like man how great is that going to be in November and December? Oh, I didn't even think of that, Ox. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> and, oh, my God. Now I get a chance to just be up in the booth and not even have to worry about it. You're just wearing. in polo, no winter clothing, and everybody else is freezing <laughs> exactly. to death? Everyone else is just bundled up. I mean, oh. I just wear 15 different layers of clothes just to feel 
like I might stay warm. Oh, Choke's doing you a favor. I don't have to worry about that. I got one layer, and and I've got some hot chocolate. I'm pretty (laughs) excited about that. Uh, It was great in Lubbock, Texas as well, where when it was 90 degrees and and plus humidity and on the turf, so it was pretty dang hot on the sidelines. But we were up in the AC condition, really nice booth they have. do you now? This I think people. You, go, you got refreshments. That's what I was going to ask. I think people want to know, like your experience now, or in the booth in UW. Do you guys have like a runner? Like, listen, I need a sandwich, and I need it before we're on D again. Like, how does that work? Or do you have like, hey, listen, make sure there's a. Mo- I, I can picture you needing a monster in the booth. Yeah, see, that's the thing. We we. Um... So I I went away from the monsters actually in the booth, and the reason why is because they make me have to use the restroom. Oh at yes, an unbelievable rate. And so the last thing you want to be doing is worrying about your bathroom break when you're trying to play call. Yes. And so I cut myself off from any monster intakes during the game, so I make sure I get my monsters before the game. That's something I don't think people consider. I know I didn't. Uh, I've never thought about that. Like, all the people you see in the booth, you know, from yourself through every other football coach people have seen, you really, like, even if you said, no, we're, we don't, we're not on defense, what if there's a quick change? You can't be in the pisser. Exactly. That's a, that's, you no, got to just stay there, right? I mean, it, yeah, you got to just hold it and, and roll. <laughs> we are fortunate at, uh, at UW that the bathroom was right there in the booth with us. Oh, and okay. so it was, it was a quick freaking, if you had to go really bad, you better, you could make it without having to worry about waiting for a line. Yeah. But in most places, that's not the case. Like, the, the bathroom is going to be separate from the actual coach's booth. So you got to leave your coach's booth to go use the restroom, and you can run into a line of people. Right. And and so, like, for uh, our first home game against SEMO, this was, like, in the late in the fourth quarter. Our, our lead was substantial enough to where I felt comfortable. Like, all right, I think we're going to be able to hold on the ball here and not, I don't, think there'll be a sudden change but the lead's big enough to where if there is if we call a couple plays without me we'll be fine but yeah i walk into the bathroom and there is there's a line of three or four people and they're not gonna not use the restroom right and just go oh yeah no coach go what if they just parted the c's for the coach coach has got to get through let him pee I mean, it's, yeah, that's something you got to you got to be aware of and plan out. Man. For sure, who would who would call it if you were incapacitated in a toilet line? Who would call it? Uh, I would think probably the head guy. I yeah, I think Coach Joe would probably just take the reins and go. I trust uh, you know Coach Daly, Coach Howe, Coach Risinger, all those guys. Between the combination of all, they could they could definitely call it. I mean, we wouldn't by any means. Um, right, you wouldn't give up a hundred yard touchdown just because Kane's not there. No, no, hell no. But at the same time, like that would be a fantastic mic'd up if somebody was like, "What's the call, Kane?" Oh, yeah. And it's crickets because you're in the line. Yeah. Oh my exactly. god! Exactly. And no one told him. That no. I think I own using the restroom here, guys. Oh god, that would be yeah, a hell of a meeting so, with you and the boss, man. No, I mean, I'm telling you, man. I'm sure if you ask multiple coaches the same question as far as that. Give me a story as far as having to use the bathroom at some point while you're up in the booth or even on the sidelines. Shit, the sidelines the same way. Yeah. You, there's no, there's, there's nowhere no to go. potty right there for the coaches to use. Right. I mean, last uh, last year there was multiple times I was on the sidelines that I'm like, oh, God, I'm not going to make it to the to halftime to go use this restroom. And then you literally are sprinting to beat everybody else to, in the restroom yeah. at halftime break. <laughs> the inverse for so, me, so let's say it's a home game, 
obviously I'm I like to just pace the sideline and go to get water and then come back down yep. and go to get water right so I always we got the clock in our locker room that's synced up to the upstairs right what's the clock so you got a 15 minute halftime I'll be done talking to the guys probably by six or five on that clock and then it's always I got mm-hmm. time to piss I gotta go quick but it might be a long one because I've been holding it through warm-ups <laughs> it's yep. just a disaster I'm telling you man it's you got to plan it out. You got to have an itinerary. You got to have a, a tea break itinerary for your process. So Holy you, cow! At, at least for myself, man, I've planned it out. I know exactly. I got to get. I've got to empty the bladder at a certain point before I go up in the box because I never know when that opportunity is going to come again or present itself again. That's that is you such. Don't a, want to have that emergency and, or be that guy that's coming down from halftime and your pants are soaking wet. Little known anxiety for coaches. Little known. <laughs> There's no doubt. So you guys no are doubt, two man. and one. Yes, two and one. Yeah. Lost yeah, to uh, who you should back. lose to a Big Twelve. You should lose to them. That's supposed to happen. Yeah, I mean that's. Let's be honest. These the money games are what they are. They, mm-hmm. they we get our checks and we come out of there healthy and. It was just good to get the guys out on the field and just playing and, and going against somebody other than our own offense. And then it kind of gives you an idea of where you're at. And yeah. you get a feel for, okay, um, you get some chances for some young guys to see some the action. And just it's great for our players and the fact that they get an opportunity to play at a, at a Big 12 school and a stadium. And um, so that, that's always a good experience. And if we can go down there and compete and stay in it for four quarters and, and try and win it in the end, awesome. Yeah. If we don't, we still get our check when it's all set. Exactly. Well, so, I have the same philosophy um, when so we, we lost yeah, to. Yeah, uh, we, we're we're able to take some things from that game and, and move on and, and really, I thought it was good for our guys defensively to where it was, hey man, here's some things that we did really well. Here's some things that we drastically need to improve in order for us to get where we want to get to, and uh, so it was good in both sense where there was some real positives. And then we were able to really learn from those negatives that showed up that showed up as well. And then we carried some of that into the, that next game and, and got a chance to play in front of the sold-out home crowd, the Gold Rush game. Yeah, explain awesome. the Gold Rush to people that if they don't know the Gold yeah, Rush. Yeah, so, so we, they've got a tradition here at Montana State that our first home game, I can't remember how many years it is now, I want to say around 10, 10 years, they've called it the Gold Rush game. And they... Every year there's a brand new t-shirt they design, a gold t-shirt that the entire uh, student section and fans wear. So the whole stadium is just covered in gold, which is awesome. And then our, our team has actually worn gold jerseys for this game. And it's been a couple different versions of it. But um, And they do the fireworks. And, I mean, it's the theatrics have really evolved since I've been gone. Mm-hmm. And they've got uh, our team runs on the field and they've got the, our rodeo team. What? Guys, I think six or seven horses yeah. come galloping onto the field and ro- ride around. And so, like I said, it's a it's a cool scene as far as coming onto the field for our guys. And then it's a crazy atmosphere. Crowd's loud, awesome. I mean, for a defensive side, that there's nothing better than when you're in your home stadium. Yeah. You're, Defenses or your crowd is just going crazy when your defense is on the field, and uh, so it was. It was a really fun, neat environment, and then our guys played. I thought I thought really well. And you guys, I mean, but usually it's a ranked opponent. I don't know if you plan it that way, but this was a big time ranked showdown, right? It was. It was. It was a top twenty team or a top twenty showdown between. I think they were number twelve in the country when we came when they came in. We were right there as well, number thirteen maybe, and so. 
and we ended up they had beat Southern Illinois the week before pretty good and, and uh, so it was a lot of I think it was the game of the week maybe the FCS game of the week in the country and so for our guys to come out and we started fast at a really good first quarter get a little bit of a lull in the second quarter and then came out in the third quarter and really had a really really good third quarter and then again kind of hit a lull a little bit in the fourth quarter um, so, but overall, we got the win, and, and we did it in a pretty dominating fashion. And uh, so, moved on, and and still plenty of things. You know, as a coach, you're like, man, I was awesome. You want to celebrate the victories, but you also can look at the film and point at a lot of things and go, man, we need to get better here. We need to get better here. We need to get better here. Mm-hmm. And um, so. Moved on to the next game, which is, again, another challenging game in week three against Western Illinois just because of the they're traditionally a very good team. They're from a good um, conference, yes, the Missouri. Like, that's a good league. Probably the, what's, yeah, what most people can, would consider the best conference uh, in the FCS level. Obviously, I'm biased and think the big sky is, but most people will point at the uh, Missouri Valley with North Dakota State, the reigning yeah, national yeah. champions. As, as the best conference, which makes a lot of sense for what they've done and all the traditional powers that come from that conference, Northern Iowa, um, you know, the list goes on. Their South Dakota State's been really good over the course of how many years now. Do they have as many teams uh, so, as you guys? Because the Big Sky's enormous uh, now, isn't it? Uh, the Big Sky's like 13 now, I think, okay. 12 or 13, something like that. And they've got somewhere close to that. I think they've yeah. got at least 12. So anyway, so Macomb, Illinois is another place that you would probably not put <laughs> high on your list of I've got to get to Macomb, Illinois. How, did you have to go? And, did you uh, get a charter there directly? Yeah, no. So we we chartered into uh, what is it? Burlington, Iowa. Oh my God! What? So it, we, it wasn't even we. So we chartered into one place. Bus drove us an hour to Burlington. I don't remember if it's Burlington, Iowa. But it was a place in Iowa that we stayed. It was a cool little casino resort um, hotel deal that we stayed at. And then we had to bus another hour the next day for game day to get to Macomb. So was that and, the first, uh, like, when you stepped on the field game day, was the first time you'd been there? Yes. Okay. That, that was the first time we stepped foot on the field was on game day, which is a little bit different. Yeah. It's, it's rare for that type of scenario. Usually you get there Friday afternoon, go see the stadium. Um, but for just because of the logistics of everything for this this trip, we couldn't. We didn't feel like we could do that on Friday. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, it, it's it's a tough place to play. I mean, it's tough to get to, and they do a really good job defending their home turf. I think they were thirty four and four in non conference home openers. Wow. Over the course of their history, and they were had won their last twelve in a row, and so this place was. It's a tough place. And uh, this good team, well coached, really good defensively. Um, offensively, they did some different things. Uh, just they run some fly sweep action and um, try and do some stuff as far as the smoke and mirrors pre snap. Had some good talent, and so it was another one of those tough non conference road games. But that's what you want to do. You want to yeah. play tough non-conference opponents in order to not only position yourself as far as the playoff picture down the road, but I think it's just good for your team in general. Right. You I mean, yeah. You were at early on before you get in just to test yourself before you get into conference play. Who is so, on these trips, okay, and you, you mentioned, you know, the flights and the buses. Yep. 
Who is the MVP of travel for Montana State football? Is it the Dobo, director of ops? Is it the managers? Like, I can't imagine the logistics of moving a team. Because how, how many kids travel? How many guys travel? We traveled, I want to say it was 70 the first game. And they all have helmet, and they have their whole equipment situation. Oh, yeah, they got it all. They've got it all. Obviously, I mean, you travel them, everyone dresses out the travels. So how much of the, like, take us behind the scenes a little bit. Who's doing this? Who's doing it? Who's packing this? Like, are the guys like, hey, guys, like, once again, this is ignorance and dated information. I'm picturing, hey, guys, put your shit in this bag, and we're going to put it on, you got to put all your shit in a bag, including your helmet, Mm -hmm. throw it in the bottom of the bus, we'll ride seven hours to play Sentinel, and you throw it all back in. Yeah. And maybe we bring a bag of balls, but I'm assume I'm no. You guys are bringing not just that equipment. The coaches need their equipment, the headsets. You know what I'm saying? Like, who's doing this? Yeah, and who no, is, is that? We're, Coach Choate working with support staff. We're traveling show, so no. We've, yeah. we've got obviously we've got an equipment manager that does all the equipment, handles all the equipment needs, and he's got however many assistants under him. Or really not. He's got zero assistants full time. He's got a bunch of student oh, assistants yeah. at this point. Yeah. And so he does, does he get a job as far as organizing them. What's that? Does he travel? Does he come with you? Yeah. Okay. Yep. okay. Yep. No, and so they they actually travel, and we put everything on a big-ass semi-truck. What? And it drives? Wednesday. That drives from Bozeman to wherever we're playing. You're kidding. There's the MVP. Done. Lubbock, Texas took off on Wednesday and got there at the same time we did when we flew down there. Oh, has it got a big logo that says Montana State Football? Yep, the big-ass truck that says Montana State Football is a guy that drives that. Is that the guy's equipment or just all the needed equipment? Like... I'm that's the, that's all the guys' equipment. All the everything goes on that truck. So that's less loading and unpacking as far as the plane is concerned. Oh. We used to pack everything onto the plane. Oh. That was a big pain in the ass. Right. As far as the unloading of all the bags. All yes, the and bags, the weight. The, I can't imagine the weight would be a problem too. That you're traveling with all the weight room stuff. So all of that goes onto this big ass semi truck that drives. Two three days before we take off, it drives and take off takes off and gets there before we do. And then the equipment manager sets everything up in the locker room and makes sure that everything is good to go. And as far as headsets and all that stuff, um, our DFO kind of handles some of the um, logistics of things. Uh, so that that's really a two person job now. Yeah, We've got really two people that kind of handle that. Um, is this truck pulling into job. Bozeman today from Western Illinois? When did he What's get that? back? When did that truck guy get back from Macomb or wherever you were? Well, they had to. They got back because all the stuff is stuff we still need for when we get here. So, so they, they got to get, gotta... get here. Oh, so yeah, it's a haul now. I mean, yeah, it's, it's not an easy, easy deal. I mean, it's, it's yeah. That's un. I I didn't even. I knew like I had pictured oh, yeah, like Notre Dame's right. got a truck and U Dub's got a truck. I didn't know it would come all the way down and you guys got a truck oh, too. Yeah. Holy yep. cow! So, yeah. So all the like Sam Holt who who does it for us. She does a hell of a job as far as the hotel arrangements and making sure all the meals are planned ahead and all that stuff. And and like I said, it is not just a one. 
can't just be a one person job. I mean, it's it's crazy how much goes into it. I mean, Cole Moore, our, our DFO, is really. I mean, behind the scenes, this guy is the, this guy runs so much for us. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. All between him and Sam, there's so much they, that they take off of our plates as coaches. Right, it's amazing. Right, it'd be hard to to actually coach. And that's that's the thing where I mean, as you know, at D three, D two, and AIA, the, all those responsibilities that those two positions handle are now handled by yourself. Either right. yourself as the head. Well, coach. don't get me wrong. I'm it's, comparing uh, bus charter quotes from two different companies yeah. as we speak. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Exactly. So there's so much that uh, we, we wouldn't be able. Like I said, it makes it hard to coach if some of these things aren't taken care of by somebody else. That's, so a, that's amazing. It's, uh, it's such a thankless job, too. That's right. Thing. I feel like there should be a Bobcat football truck day. Like, that guy gets to walk. Whoever the driver is, just walk out there. Yeah. Good job, Joe. That was unheard of. Oh, that's a great point. Right? That's a great point. He should get a jersey and be able to do go out there for the captain's <laughs> That would be amazing. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, that guy drove us uh, seventeen thousand miles in the last three weeks, so yeah, we can have our stuff. Putting it to work. Oh, so hey, you mentioned in there, and you and I had talked about this. You know, obviously we text and talk a lot during both of our seasons about what's going on with our players and our teams, and we both loved you. You, your, your phrase is we have some things to clean up. My phrase is <laughs> there's some areas we can get better in. Right, and I'm yep. sure coaches out there or people that watch interviews, you hear us coach speak this all the time. So I wanted to debunk yeah. it a little bit, but not debunk it because that would that would imply it's false. It's absolutely true. But what does that really look like? I'll start, and then you think of a, a you know a, a matching story. So if I come back yep. from a weekend, let's say we go to Eastern Washington, play two ranked teams, and I come back. And I and I'll probably text you. Well, we just we just turned the ball over too much. We got we got we had to get better in that area. What that really freaking looks like, right, from our end, I think it's evolved and maybe it changes week to week. But for me, it's going to be some combo of how do I decide how many of the uh, turnovers I put on film and make them watch? And is there a li- let's say we turn it over 40 times in two games. Is it really going to behoove me to show all 40 turnovers? Am I going to clip together generic like, hey, these are all ball handling turnovers, these are all passing turnovers, and let's figure out which ones are the worst and maybe correctable? Then we're going to go in, who needs to see it? Does the whole team need to see it? Did just the point guards need to see it? Was it just the bigs dribbling off their face? Did they need to see it? Do we all need to see it? Then when do we need to see it? Are we going to watch that Monday? Are we going to show them Sunday? And then are we going to rep this specifically? On Monday and two, you know what I mean. Like so, that's like the whole yeah. like when we say as coaches we can get better at. I think people assume it might be oh they're going to show them that and they're going to yell loud. But there's so, you know what I mean. Like there's so much more to it that all of us I'm sure attack differently. But it's a definitely like creating a plan and not just the plan, but the, how does this fit into the day? Because these kids got to go to class. Yeah. Then they got to come to weights. And then same for us. Like, go ahead, you. Like, if it's some skill, is that like how are we doing? That? How are we cleaning things up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, there's so much to it. It's it's funny you say that. Right? And we we use these cliches, I think, in order to get get to get out of the conversation. <laughs> That's an escape. Yes. Like I, yeah. 
because in reality, if we sat there and tried to explain to whoever's asking the question, indoor whoever we're having a conversation with, we we could sit sit there and fill an entire probably three hours worth. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. we all sit through those meetings in which we are trying to clean up about three hours worth of film. Uh-huh. Right? And uh, I think that's <laughs> where these cliches and these coaching phrases come into play. So you, they're so useful because, again, there is so much detail, and that's another word that pops up so much. I know I use quite a bit. Yeah. I'm trying to explain stuff to my players and, and other things, like we need to clean up the details. But exactly what are the details? Yeah, yeah. There's so much, so many of those that, uh, yeah, it, it's... I think one of the things... we have to spend the hours that right. we do, and you explain, try and explain to your wife at times, like, yeah, no, i uh, I gotta get this done, this done. Well, this just time. tell him to make the shot. Yeah, I'll try that. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm trying to figure that one out. The yeah. I think oh. what I was impressed by, but also like taken aback by, because I had the chance since your hiatus on the podcast, but we got to hang out in person, and I got to come see you and your staff work in the in the preseason. I also got to do that with Kofense Henson at Oregon State. The added dilemma for you guys in football, I only have 10 moving parts on the floor. Five of us, five of them. Mm-hmm. You guys got 22. 11 of us, 11 of them. And then, but all, a great tool for you, but also probably a reason all of you football coaches are just, I don't know how your eyes still work with the film. You guys get that film from every rep of that day almost instantaneously yeah. when you come back to the office like a d3 basketball i'm sure this is true a d1 hoops they get the film quicker but i don't have access to every single day's practices footage the second i come back from practice you guys do yeah. and i know for a fact yep. if i did have access to that footage every single day i would watch it too you know what i mean mm-hmm. so when people yep. say well, football coaches are not i don't think they're i don't think you're nuts i think that there's so, like it's basically like I tried to explain to somebody, it's like a conveyor belt of information that never turns off mm-hmm. coming to you guys. Like, mine's turned on yeah. on the weekends with all the game footage, and then one day a week we film. But there's two days a week yeah. where that conveyor belt of info's not on. I don't know if your guys' ever shuts off. It doesn't. <laughs> right. Let me We're clear that up for you. Exactly. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. It really doesn't. It's nonstop. There's, it's... And like you said, it, uh, we'd probably do it to ourselves if we, if we didn't have access to every drill and, and rep that we actually do. We probably wouldn't spend nearly as much time mm-hmm. as we do. Um, but no, it's 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 a good and bad thing. Um, but like I said, it's it's such a necessary evil within this game, man. There's so many movie pe- moving pieces, and, and yeah. Yeah. What? Let me ask you this. I, I got to sit in offensive meetings at Oregon State, defensive meetings with you at Montana State, and a, a total, like I think every meeting in the world, all of us always either we want it because we've been working all day and this meeting is just another checkpoint and we need to get food in our system, mm-hmm. or if you're calling a meeting, you want to entice people to make sure they're there because there is food. So I saw this, Oregon State, I saw this, you guys, my staff meetings, we just had one last night, early season prep. Of course I had food. But then I thought to myself, the first 10 to 15 minutes when we're all stuffing our face, I shouldn't probably be talking about super important shit, you know? Because like yeah. I'm staring at my salad or I'm stuffing my burger in my mouth 
So do you have you ever thought of that? Because you guys were eating in yours, and you had to dive in because yep. of your schedule that day. Fencing and Oregon State staff, we were all eating, and they were doing the film. So I'm not like trying to say we're all idiots, but it's probably like we should probably start with something light, not food, but like the film. Like maybe we're talking, maybe that's when travel comes up. I don't know. But I thought about that. Like, I, I should not ask my staff to break down Linfield when his mouth's full of pizza. Yeah. No, I, I would agree. I think there's there's a lot of um, wasted time to a certain extent <laughs> yeah. uh, throughout the day as far as just efficiency. I think that there's always ways to be more efficient, I think, as a staff mm-hmm. and as a just in general. And that's not just football coaches. That's just in general yeah uh, but I think you also find yourself because I know for myself when we do it when I'm, I'm like shoot if I don't eat while I'm watching this film I may not eat yeah first and foremost and or I'm gonna feel like I'm not I'm wasting the time that I have in order to get to the next especially during fall camp it's such a freaking bang 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 schedule that as you feel like if I don't get fit this in I'm not going to be able to get this detail or this thing, yeah. quote unquote, again cleaned up uh, if I, if I'm not sitting here watching this film while I'm eating. Yeah, and so I think, but that might be just one of those myths that you could probably debunk if you really just said, "All right, guys, we're going to eat, go eat, and then let's meet up back up here and let's be more efficient as we're going to the film and not watch one rep on the film." Everybody takes how many bites of their food. No one's really watching it. And have to rewind and watch yeah. those reps again because we really missed what we were trying to look for anyway. And I thought to so, myself, like, as a presenter in those, like, I'm feeling upset because my staff is staring at their food. And I'm like, you should look at me. Oh, shit. How am I going to eat? Yeah. You know? How am I going to eat, coach? If I'm staring at you, I'm going to spill all over this table. <laughs> so I tried to get that out of my head. I thought you were really smart. Your fridge was stocked in your office. I have a fridge yeah. in here. Rarely does it have shit in it. But I thought you were smart. Yeah. You had a lot of go-tos that you could grab that were decent meals. Yep. You know, who Did you do that yeah, or, did well, you, or did my sister-in-law make you do that? I was just going to say, <laughs> take full credit for that one. That is definitely all. My wife doing a hell of a job getting to Costco and finding me things that I, I will eat and put in my fridge for me. Uh, or give it to me and send me on my way like a little kid with his backpack. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tanner. You, go. you got your lunch, There's buddy. Your lunch. <laughs> That's your lunch. There's your monsters in the fridge. Don't forget it. I was right. super impressed with your 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 stash. Was good. I loved it. Yeah, no, shoot, I was. I'm loaded up, man. That mini fridge was probably the best investment I made since I got in Bozeman. Was putting a mini fridge in my office. It was the smartest thing I've ever done. Because you're probably not doing the hey, coaches, you guys hungry? Let's let's get another Uber Eats. How you guys feel about that? Because that's what the Bearcat staff's <laughs> oh. doing. We're Uber eating well, it. Well, I'll tell you, we uh, for a while there was a, we've got a Jimmy John's right next to the around campus there, and so a lot of our coaches took full advantage of that Jimmy John <laughs> over the course of fall camp. But we, you know, we're fortunate around here where we get some what we call coaches meals that are, are donated by basically oh, nice. businesses around the yeah around the area that just provide us with the lunches, and so we're real fortunate in that regard, man. Where I don't. If we didn't have that, Uber Eats would be definitely. And then we've got a town and country right across the street. So yeah, that's even oh, they do a, they do a great job of providing me with my monsters and, and also plenty of 
options as far as food intake over the course of a day if I need it. There's a bistro on campus, the Bearcat Bistro, and they have what is called a uh, buzz bar. And mm. the buzz bar is oatmeal, peanut butter, and chocolate, and that's all you need to know. And so yeah. I have a thing called Compass Cash on my campus ID that obviously yep. it's like a credit card. And I will be there almost daily. My new assistant, Coach Horton, starting to figure out when Kip gets mad and or stressed, he's going to go option B and say, hey, we're going to the Beast Trail. Let's get out of here. Let's refresh our brains. And that's not great. That's why i got to keep going Orange Theory, man, because that intake's going to go through the roof. Uh, Hey, so let's – go ahead. uh, I look at my bank account every month, and I can just see how much – town and country I spend, it's ridiculous. They probably just, you guys should get them, once again, get them on the scoreboard. Hey, thanks guys. Appreciate everything you do for us. (laughs) Hey, let's dive into some podcast stuff so you don't have to do a coaching interview continually um, with your days. (laughs) What we've had, you and I got, we got together in Vegas for my 40th. We got to do an episode there on the, in the NBA Summer League, which was fun. You made an appearance mm-hmm. on the 40 series with David. We talked about first time, last times we did stuff. But since then, you know, we've had a great run. We had more interview style. You know, for a while, like you mentioned, we had a lot of our, like, featured folks with us discussing topics, yep. but we got back into, I was able to set up some interviews, the Skyview coaches, football and basketball, uh, Coach Garrett yep. Kelly from the NBA Assistance League, uh, Jeff Matsushita from the Idaho Coalition Against Sexual Assault and Domestic Violence, Solomon Frank we mentioned. So where do you want to start? You're, we, you and I are, used to always get reacts in on our interviews, so I wanted to give you uh, the second half of this pod a chance to react and stuff you noticed on those, or even other podcasts you've been listening to that are, that are you know conversation worthy for us. Yeah, no question, man. Uh, I've really just enjoyed. First off, I mean, obviously, I'm not providing much material for this thing nowadays. It's just primarily popping on here and and. Uh, you know, spouting off about Ava or, or <laughs> podcast football or whatever. But um, I think they got to give you a shout-out for doing a hell of a job of keeping this thing rolling and keeping Cross the Steams alive. And not only alive, but freaking thriving and having the, what was the last podcast segment, was the most listened yep, to. Yep, our most had. listened to in three years. Yeah, so obviously me not being on this thing is obviously actually paid off. It's a huge benefit. The but, analytics um, say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, no, I've tried to make sure I, I stayed caught up in all the all the episodes that have come out. I I thought your forty series stuff was freaking awesome. And uh, I know the the music one. I don't think I got a chance to. Comment yes, on the, the music. music. We didn't get to talk about the music. Let me bring it up. No. No, no, it was and it was really good. I thought it was it was so funny because there's so many of those songs that that were uh, relevant for you in your life that were on my list as well, just because of proximity, essentially. Yeah, and uh, just some of the stories you were talking about, like mom and dad's playlist on our road trips. That back in the day it wasn't playlists; it was just cassette tapes. Yes, and you had to and, listen um, to the whole we, damn tape. The whole tape. And it was freaking <laughs> awesome. That that's what I, I miss those days of actually listening to an actual album. Like I don't feel like people actually like why do artists even put out albums? Yeah, no, there's no point. Right, full album, right? Yeah, just put out singles all day because people are just going to download or stream your singles. They're not going to listen to your whole album. No, but back in the day with the VHS tapes, um, 
um, or the cassette tapes, you had to listen to the whole freaking album and then flip it over, eject it, and actually flip it over and put the second side in. Um, it yeah, kind of, you know, that's a great point. Just, it kind of prevented us from killing songs because after one yeah, rewind, exactly. you were like, I'm not doing that shit again. I'm not going to press rewind. <laughs> and now it's just a click, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, no, there were some, some classics that were brought up. And like I said, those road trips were, you know, we'd, we'd play so much of the Motown stuff. And then every once in a while, mom would sneak in some Alabama or uh, some freaking uh, Frank Sinatra. Yes. Or Elvis Presley's greatest hits. And, uh, I remember one specific road trip where I think she played Elvis uh, for it felt like 12 straight hours and I was literally just in the back of our minivan I felt like I was about to throw up I was so upset with the playlist that was going on for the last however many hours that were in the, in the deal and uh, so, no I'm with you and I don't know how she even won that fight because we promised it was three on one like dad was probably saying Rhonda shut this off and we were in the yeah. back just co-signing that yeah this is garbage <laughs> Guarantee it. But, um, Did any of those strike? There's a the the Anita Baker like the fact that we could speak like we knew who Anita Baker was. I thought was purely because of road trips, right? Because dad. And then when you listen to the Anita Baker content, like were we just listening to slow grind sex music from here to L.A.? <laughs> Is that what we were doing? Exactly. Exactly, uh, exactly man. It was. Um, God, there's so many other, other ones that were just like, wow. Do you remember the Rico the Suave when you and Mike Boyle destroyed my dancing confidence for the rest of my life? Oh, you... yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rico Suave. Um, shoot, New Kids on the Block. Yes. And, uh, just remember, I remember watching their concert on the Disney Channel. Oh, channel yes. And, and trying to mimic their dance moves. And, and uh, that's kind of where I started my... Um, what I would consider my glory days of dancing. Yes. Uh, You're saying you were Joey Lawrence influenced? That's unbelievable. You were Joey Lawrence and Jordan Knight influenced as a dancer? Well, there were so many different people that influenced my my dancing (laughs) over the course of my lifetime. (laughs) Obviously, Michael Jackson, you got Hammer. I just watched on YouTube uh, the Hammer... Um, too legit to quit music video. Do you it's, remember that music video at all? I'm thank God like, you brought this up because you, I did not know it was 12 minutes long. Yeah, when it, it they first you remember when they first debuted it on MTV? We were watching. I think it was maybe MTV Music Awards or something. They debuted this thing for the first time, and it was a huge deal. Yes, and it was a 12 minute production, like a movie production. Yes, and it was. It, yeah, I watched it and was like, "Wow!" You talk about bringing back memories, but then just the, the outfits, the dance moves, and just the influence that that one video I know had on my life. Yes, but not in I say life, not like wow, I'm now too legit to quit or anything. <laughs> you just walk around throwing that up. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just a, it's so funny how those songs or music can just take you back to a moment in life or just makes you remember things like too legit to quit that song was on everybody's high school highlight film oh for sure i feel like too i totally co-sign time machine ability of songs 
Hundred yeah. percent. Time travel exists because if you just close your eyes and listen to a song, you're in that moment, right? End of the you're road. I'm laying in our twin bed, and I'm trying to tape it off Y ninety three. Like I'm there right now. I see yep. it. It's done. End of discussion. But secondly, exactly. I feel like Billings, Montana. Shout out to Chris Byers and Scott Breen when they were at Color Eight because nobody made better highlight videos for I'm your seasons. Yeah. Like. Honestly, I've talked to all my friends throughout life, and now I'm 40 years old, Kip, so great. You talked about this when you were 20. Sweet, dude. But we had like, no, look it. Check out. I got a highlight film. What, your dad made it? No. The TV news station did. You're shitting me. Like, nobody has that. They don't do it now. No. And it was was always good. Yes. You look forward to it every fall football banquet after the season was over for the highlight film. For sure. 100. It was awesome. So awesome. Yep. Um, anyway, keep going. Anything else on like those songs? There's so many. Like we could do a whole podcast on oh, your reacts. Yeah, to we could go again. I, I could go back on that. Does Ava have songs yet? Because your nephew Zavi, right now we are on a Post Malone and a Dame Dollar kick, uh, and we go Dame Dollar two songs, Post Malone three songs, the same five songs in order in our drive to his school every day. Perfect. Per- like, yeah. am I no. failing as a parent? I don't know. No, because I, I mean, so. right. but is Ava got jams? Would, would, was were, was mom and dad failing when we were listening to some of the ridiculous stuff that we were? No, listening absolutely to not. Over no. the course of our time, no. no. Good point. No, so good I, point. I don't think you have to worry about um, the playlist in which your son's listening to because, like you said, like you said earlier, he doesn't know what what they're saying or what any of that stuff that they're saying means at that time, right? He just likes the freaking beat and yeah. the sound of the song. And the hook. He can say the hook even if it's got an F-bomb in it, man. Even, exactly. <laughs> it means something that he has, has literally no idea what that means. Right. But it's just singing away as if it's the greatest thing ever. Does Ava have um, songs? But no. Ava's got no songs at this point. She listens to, she is obsessed with Alexa. Oh. Uh, little Alexa deal. Yes. You know? and, but we, we've renamed one of our Alexas Echo. Okay. So, and she can't quite say echo, but she can say like, "Echo." <laughs> echo recognizes it, and somehow Echo recognizes it and lights up. And so she loves when it lights up. But then she'll want me or Carrie to say, "Echo, make a dog sound," oh. or "Echo, make a cat sound," or "Echo." And then we'll just play music, and she's in the dancing mode now, oh. where any song that pops up. Um, and we, you know, obviously we, we pick Motown and right. still her favorite stuff and, um, and she'll just freaking go to town and just, we can't imagine it. where she gets that so from. She, no way. Yeah. Shocker. Yeah. She's got, uh, no particulars as far as favorites yet, Yeah, but she is all about the music. Hey, fun parenting fact. Um, you can make Alexa sound bites of yourself on what? topics so like if you were like wanted to get her brushing her teeth or something right and she was like echo how do i brush my teeth you could cue that mm-hmm. in to you or carrie saying it i kid you not the world wow. is a scary That's awesome it. place all at the same time yeah you can make your own echo sound and just upload it yeah i mean i well, might be speaking of uh brushing your teeth ava loves brushing her teeth what apparently. How'd you so pull Carrie that off? Obviously done it. I don't know. I didn't do anything. Carrie <laughs> got this thing all figured out with her little bedtime routine where she 
gives her a bottle of milk. They hang out, put a show on, have her milk. She's got her PJs on. And then as soon as she's done with her milk, Carrie just says, or now I can just say, okay, time to brush your teeth. And she'll literally jump off your lap and go run in the bathroom, grab her little toothbrush and toothpaste, and just wait for you to put it all together for her so she can do it. Is Carrie's mom of the year for that? I guess so, right? And I'm just like, wow, I've never seen a kid so enthusiastic about brushing their teeth. Right. It's ridiculous. Wow, that's impressive. That She could sell that. She should sell that. Echo, echo with yeah. Carrie Ione, how to brush your teeth. How to brush your teeth. <laughs> to get your kid to love brushing your teeth. <laughs> you know, I noticed a theme here. I didn't have anything to do with that. It's come out of your mouth a couple times now. So I think Carrie and I, need a, we need a support group together. <laughs> yeah, I was 100%, man. I, I, I'm telling you, all I do is, is coach football, and Carrie takes care of everything else. Carrie <laughs> 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 takes care of everything else. You have made sure you don't go pee in the middle of third downs. Let's see, listen, yep. guys, what else do you want from me? Oh, wait, what about, I was excited, moving on, I was really excited, I'm always, I'm always, you and I both are drawn to people that know what they don't know, and are excited to go find answers, so I thought, you know, the guys that, you know, both of you and I still give a damn about Skyview, so getting to talk to the football coach and the basketball coach there, and guys willing to share and learn, and not that they're you know, taking stuff from my genius by any means, but just the fact that there's such open books to their thought process, mm-hmm. and you know, that was a really fun one to do. And just being in the building again was was cool was and weird at the same time. Cool in general, right? And I sent you and Scott Turnquist, who's out at Zionsville in Indiana, coaching his ass off. The board of the records that still have your name yeah. up there. I, I, still up there, baby. <laughs> still up there, which is hilarious. Some of those. Uh, Record numbers. Oh, there was Scott hit it on the head when he was <laughs> calling it out a little bit. Like, really, that guy ran a four four one, four three six, forty yard dash, and played at Montana Tech. Guys, huh? did he? <laughs> there's not a lot of people in this world that can run four three six forties, right? Let alone a senior in high school running four three six forty. And this guy, if I remember right, was a pulling guard and wing tee off. Yes, he sure was. We used him well. We used him well. He a 4-3-6, 40-yard dash pulling around the end there. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what, what did J.P. Williams, who was on our hometown heroes deal, he had to have been a 4-2 if oh, this guy was running 4 honest to God, if Sother was running 4-3-6 and we didn't get him the ball, we gave him a 76 number, <laughs> oh, my God, that's tough. <laughs> oh, and then uh, this is shout out. This is not to downplay anything, but we if that type of player running a four three six didn't get the ball, but say a, a Jeremy Swicky who was not running four three six, he did get the ball. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, oh, but that was a fun one. Yeah. You know, that was cool to be up yeah, there. No, it was, again, like I said, it was cool just to be up in, in Skyview and be able to do that. Like you said, as far as um, just those guys' willingness to sit down and just chat and talk about philosophy, coaching philosophy, and um, you know both those guys have had their shared success over the time of their coaching career, and Coach Morales in particular. Like it's right. funny when he said, uh, 
first two years, I think, right? Where first two years, two state championships oh, along those lines. Where, I got this figured okay, out. <laughs> I, uh, I set my standard pretty high. Yeah. And the expectations are pretty high. So anything other than a state championship apparently is a complete drop-off. Right. That's tough. He should have just mic-dropped. He should have costanza it and got the hell out <laughs> of there. <laughs> Seriously, though. I mean, it's... But no, it is. I think it's... I mean, the, all those conversations, I think that's what's cool about this podcast is just bringing guys on and, and just talking culture building and, and uh, things that are really not X's and O's. Right. And it, there's nothing... Because there's so much more to this thing called coaching that X's and O's. And I don't, I don't think people really appreciate that as much. Right. Um, everyone wants to talk to you about, like you said earlier, like we had that conversation about cleaning things up and, um, you know, certain coaching cliches. That's all people want to see is the surface. And that's really all that is. That's yeah. the surface of it. There's so much more to what we do and what we have to do on a daily basis. And, um, yeah, it's, and that's why it's so fun to get guys that, are in different realms Mm -hmm. but do similar things in a room and talk about it because there's so much crossover and and again cross streams that you can take and grab from everybody else and utilize with whether it's basketball football baseball track and field golf doesn't matter uh teaching economics teaching business teaching whatever uh i mean golly there's just so much that can be taken from everybody and, and utilize within your own realm. You know, it's funny you say that because people ask me, even within my industry on the basketball coaching, well, why'd you spend so much time at two football programs? And I was like, are you yeah. kidding me? Like, it, it has, <laughs> guys, I did not bring back, we're going to freaking run ball screens similar to how Kane plays press coverage. That's not what I was doing there for. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, no, there's so much stuff. Like, even how Coach Choate enters a room has things he says that the guys echo back a cadence on something. That's a culture yeah. thing. Like, it's so obvious he's built exactly. that. You know, how you guys... Exactly. I, I would I would hope that none of our players, between you and I, ever tell somebody at our funeral, like, you know what he was great at? Boy, he could draw on the whiteboard. He was... I really remember this time that Kip drew a perfect arrow, and then he had a screen. You know what I'm saying? Like, I hope that's not the conversation. Like, what are we exactly. doing? Oh. Man, that guy was good on the whiteboard. Holy cow. <laughs> oh, it was mesmerizing. Just freaking amazing. <laughs> like, I even think back to you at the end of the practice I saw how you and your D staff did burpees, and the guy, your defensive personnel got to, like, they were all around you guys in a circle, and you lunatics. I was worried about ACLs and MC and Achilles <laughs> tendons. You guys are repping out burpees, and they're counting it. But even yeah. that little small thing, I'm sure... It means something. Yeah. You know, no, it's, it's, again, there's so much to it. There's so much more to it than the X's and O's. And uh, really the X's and O's are, are almost, <laughs> to a certain extent, you, you could say is it secondary to, uh, you, you can't put a premium on or a price on how much culture means yeah. to a successful program, man. And, and, uh, you really can't, it doesn't matter how smart you are, how, how good you are on the, on the whiteboard or how I can scheme this guy up or that guy or this, that, and this. If your players first and foremost can't figure out how to function in everyday life, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, 
and just to function in general as far as being a good person, I just don't, I think you're, you're losing sight on, on, of what you're doing. Yep. It's all said and done, man. It's, it's just, culture is so much bigger yeah. than what people give credit to. And there's not enough clinics on it, you know? There's not, no. there's, everyone wants, everyone thinks you guys got to stop at Western Illinois. Now, I'm not shitting on your scheme. I'm sure scheme had something to do with it. But all you had to have 11 guys on the same page. And how you did that was not mm-hmm. just because anybody, literally anybody, could walk up to a whiteboard and draw the X's and O's. But they, exactly. they can't if they if it's not you know there's so many tiers to that that you know I don't yeah. think we pay attention enough. Now we you know, obviously we we're lucky enough to have been around so many good coaches that it's kind of rubbed off exactly. on us. But um, you know that leads exactly. me into Jeff Matsushita. You said you got to listen to the first part of our our, our fellow Montanan from Troy. Have we ever been to Troy, Montana? Ah, God, that's a great question. I'm I can't sure think that I have. I don't know if I have. I don't know. Uh, but his, no you know, his work that he does in the Idaho Coalition, but also he's done as a uh, trainer for a call to men with the different NFL teams and talking exactly about what you're talking about. How do I become a better man? And the platform yeah. being, I can start by being a better teammate. I can start by being, you know, our team can be better, and then we can make change in the world. I was really excited to make that connection with him, and he's also going to be a feature now uh, on our on our pod monthly. And just, I don't know what we're going to call it yet, but we're going to talk about mm-hmm. these worldly things that you and I, obviously, and David Gunn, always end up talking about. Like, hey, what about this Antonio Brown rape situation? Look at how people are yeah. obviously assaulting the ac- accuser already. You know, and these type oh, of conversations right. yep. that Jeff lives in. Uh, so I was excited for that podcast and the you know the relationship going forward. Yeah, no, and I think that's going to be awesome, man. And, and it's such a huge part of our world, and it's such a big part of what we try and get across to our guys, um, specifically in the football realm. Mm-hmm. I think. And, mm-hmm. and nothing taken away from obviously the basketball world, but I think the football world has such a a brand of masculinity. Yes. The yes. big brand of what well, you have got to be this, you know, rough and rugged and tough guy. And um, so, you know, if for a football team to, uh, or just a football starting with a, one player to make the choice that, you know what, I can make a difference when it comes to violence and mistreatment of women yeah. simply by bucking this trend of masculinity and having to be that guy. Yeah. What I mean by that guy is, you know, the the stereotypical football player. Right. 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 What everybody thinks of when they think of a college football player. Um, and so I think there's so much to be learned and said about and it's such a hard topic. Uh-huh. With, uh-huh. with 18 to 22 year old men or boys trying to be men yeah trying to grow into men yeah and i think it's hard because of everything that's put in their face all the time yeah and what they're told they're supposed to be like and how they're supposed to act and this that and this and it's it's hard it's really hard and i think you know we i think coach joe does a really good job around here of, of really addressing it put that as, as a big part of what we're trying to do for our guys he had brenda tracy to, right didn't brenda tracy come through yep that's amazing. Yeah, we had yeah, we had Brendan Tracy come um, last year. I obviously I missed out on that, but um, we had Alexa Jones. Oh, she's amazing. Day. Yep, her TED talks What's must another, is it, required in our program. 
with that. Or the Alexis Jones, her TED Talks required. It's part of the curriculum for our character development. Yep. Yeah, she's amazing. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And she did it. She was really eye-opening uh, when she came and told her story and, and went through just everything that she talked about. It's just like, wow. Um, and she's very straightforward and mm-hmm. freaking in your face about it. It's like, that, that that's freaking awesome. And so I think we do a pretty good job of trying to put it in, in the face of our players as much as we possibly can. Yeah. The the last one there that we did after Jeff, we had Solomon Frank, who obviously is a direct connection to me having been a former. That how old I am now? Remember when people used to always come up to dad or us and say, I had your dad in class, and it's like this grown man. Oh, yeah. Is that me now? That's, that's, is that that's us? That's you now, man. That's, that's not just you. That's me, too. I know, I mean, we're I'm so old. We are so old, but Solomon Frank doing amazing things with freaking seaweed in Micronesia, creating industry. Basically, a, I thought it was the part that I really liked about Saul, aside from, you know, I love the kid. He figured out, and it's very rare that you can figure out and say, I don't have the tools right now to achieve my want. Like, he wanted to help his, you know, his culture and his heritage. But he admitted, like, I, don't, I can't do it. Like, no matter how much I give a shit... I got to go back to school and get a better toolkit. I thought that was like a great, obviously as coaches, we try to implore players. Like, I know that you care. I know that you want to be a starter or you want to be an All-American, but you are unable to right now with what you currently possess. You have to go Mm -hmm. enhance that. So for Saul to say that, obviously Thunderbird graduate school for ASU helped him get that toolkit. I thought that was just a really cool, so many ways and layers to that story. That was awesome, man. So his just self-actualization. Yeah. Being able to essentially self-scout a little bit. And I think over the course of this year in his story, he was very in tune with who he was, what he was all about, and really where he wanted to go. And I think that's such a strong message where a lot of people don't have that uh, basis, right? Mm-hmm. Of, of just, hey, I, I know who I am, my, my culture, what I'm all about. And I also know my faults, and here's what I need to do yeah. in order to get myself where I want to get to. It's hard, man. It's hard. It's hard to self scout. Yeah, really is. that's it's a great term for it too. Yeah, go, yeah. This is this is. Here's where every problem I have is started by me, and I'm the only person that can solve my problems. Mm-hmm. And here's where I'm going in the wrong direction or going the right direction. It, no, I, it, just listening to like I said his story and what I really liked is just how he continued to. He used sports and, and how sports he felt prepared him so well for what he's doing. Yeah. And I thought that was awesome, an awesome message to where we, that, you know, as coaches, you try and tell that, say that thing to your players all the time. Like, guys, this is life, not only in football, but in life. Mm-hmm. You need to do this, this, and this. Like, we're yeah. not just trying to teach you how to get off a block <laughs> during the football game. Right. We're trying to freaking teach you about how it is, how to handle adversity when it's all said and done. And, and um, I think you said at one point something about, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to make plays. Yeah, and yeah. Just like, just trying to make plays in a game, just like in life you're trying to make plays. Yep. And there's so much truth to that where it's just all your preparation meets your opportunity, and then eventually that's when you're able to make a play. And whether that's in a game, in sports, or that's in the game of life, that's what it's all about, right? Is right. that preparation, and then that preparation meets that opportunity, and the next thing you know, you're making a play. The 
where for you guys, so the schedule obviously turn into you got one more non conference, you go into conference play. And then yep. so I without sharing too many details, I was really impressed when you talked about you guys have taken a new approach as a staff from the boss down. You kind of have some different off days. It kind of gives you guys a refresh as a staff and a team. Mm-hmm. That might be where we got to get mm-hmm. you on Cross the Streams. I got to I got to run that by my sister in law, obviously. But I like that. You, like your head guy's always looking for. We're gonna we're gonna fucking do this the best of our ability. But we're also not gonna you know put ourselves on a cross and act. Well, let's just let's let's sell our souls for this situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think that's what's been awesome is is just trying to find always trying to stay ahead of the game mm-hmm. and within this game of coaching football and I'm sure you feel the same way in coaching basketball it is such a realm or world of well this is how it's always been done yes. so this is how you should be doing it Yes, and I think we're trying to find ways in which we can do things differently and make sure it fits to what makes us what's best for us essentially and not what's because it's always been done this way right and I think that's the, and like I said, that our head guy is really good in that regard, where he's just always trying to figure out how can we figure out ways to which we can get better, mm-hmm. you know, constant state of improvement, and finding new ways in which to do the same thing, but it's a new way. Yeah. Right? You're right. getting the same thing out of it, you're still getting what you need, but it's a new approach and a new way. And, uh, and I think just how we're doing things, we're doing things a little bit different, like you said, and not diving into too much of what it is, but um, and nothing like crazy or out of this world, but it's just a way in which we feel we're giving our players the best opportunity as far as our preparation is concerned, mm-hmm. but also giving them uh, some time in which to be able to get away and recharge the battery. Right. And shoot, more importantly for us as coaches, it's the same thing. Yep. Where it's, gives us time as coaches to do the same thing, recharge the batteries a little bit, stay fresh over the course of this 12-game season, and make sure that on game days, you're at your best. Yes, that's that's a great, because the grind culture, God, there's nothing that's been like, cannibalized is the wrong word. Nothing started off as a great hashtag grind culture, like I'm going to work hard. Yes, awesome. But we have turned it, and by we, I mean different industries and people in it. Now we've took it as like this badge of, if you're not up 22 hours a day on some kind of prescription drug doing your job, you're not grinding. Whoa. So stupid. So dumb. So stupid. So dumb. Like you said exactly, if you walk into your booth on Saturday and you haven't slept, you're gonna be shitty on third downs, you know. It's They're not. Gonna it's not gonna work. How you, exactly. How are you? How are you supposed to call a game if you literally are working off of four hours of sleep the night before? Right. That just makes zero sense to me. That's not efficient. That's not the way. That's not life. You shouldn't go through life grinding. I hate that word oh, because it's, the it's worst. been such the stigma behind or that just the meaning behind it now is so. Not what it should be, right? Right. Yes. I hate when you use the word grind because it just implies that it's miserable. I yeah. hear grind now and it just sounds miserable. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to be miserable through right. life. Like we chose this profession. Right? I'd like to enjoy it. Yeah. No one's forcing me to do this. <laughs> That's forcing me to freaking coach. Yeah. Oh, you have to coach. You're on. I'm sorry. You, you've got to put in your 20 years <laughs> and then you can get out. But you got to grind for 20. Grind for 20. What? No. Yeah. That's just dumb. 
Like, I want to enjoy this process. Yeah. I want to enjoy this, enjoy the grind. I want to embrace the grind. And, and uh, if you want to call it grind, fine. That's whatever. But you better imply that the grind has got some enjoyment in there. And there's some strategy involved. Somewhere in there, yeah. in there. Or what? why are you grinding? What's the point of grinding? Like, no one grinds on anything that they don't want to do. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. If you're going to grind, you should be grinding something that you love to do and you find passion in it. That's where you're going to grind. But if it's something that you're not enjoying, and, and the, it, that's miserable. You're going to be absolutely miserable. And it's yeah, like it's so a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know. Oh, I hate to be like me exactly. saying, I really hate doing film. Hey, I'm going to go do film for five hours. <laughs> Pump your brakes. <laughs> like, what? what are we doing? What are we doing? I mean, who was it? Was it Steve Harvey that put out that freaking deal on, and everyone tried to play that about so successful people don't sleep. Oh, he, some right. Crazy deal like that. Did yes. You see that there was some clip out there. He's talking. I, successful people don't sleep. Like what are you talking about, dude? No, that's ridiculous. That's, that's, that's idiotic. Yes, you, you know damn well you sleep just <laughs> as much as the next guy. You may be early. You may get up earlier. Right. But you still are getting eight hours of sleep at some point in your life. It's physically impossible like, at some not point to in your sleep. Day, yeah. So don't tell me you're getting two hours of sleep and you're still healthy. That's, that's just dumb. It's foolish. It's you're selling something to people that is completely wrong. Right? Is it really? Is it hard getting up there on the on the uh, Family Feud stage, Steve? It's a tough gig. Yeah, you're grinding, huh? Ninetieth <laughs> oh, episode, cross the streams. The band was back. Great to have Kane on. We're going to make an effort. We're going to effort him. We're going to hold him accountable, everybody, to providing <laughs> value. Content reminder, the opinions expressed on the Cross the Streams podcast are those of the host and the guests alone and do not reflect the opinions of the institutions, universities, or businesses that employ the hosts or the guests.